All right, we are uh, here about 15, 20 minutes after uh, Pittsburgh soccer history being made tonight. The Pittsburgh Riverhounds, only for the second time in their history, have defeated a Major League Soccer team uh, this time, 22 years after the last time they did it against Mark Goodman's uh, Colorado Rapids. And joining me just to kind of soak it in for a minute, uh, to, to just appreciate, um, really, to me, one of uh, a Riverhounds game plan executed perfectly. Bob Lilly laid it out. I think this is exactly what he wanted, maybe another goal, but I think it kind of went the way he wanted it to go. And we'll talk about all that in a second, but Matt Popchock's joining me, Matt. Um, <clears throat> just your emotions at this point in terms of watching this team beat a major league soccer team finally. And a major league soccer sh supporters shield front runner. At that, I mean the the magnitude of this is just uh, it, it's mind blowing. And to be honest, it's just now hitting me. I mean, you go on social media, you know, people who uh, are, are people who hadn't talked about soccer since uh, God talked to Moses, all of a sudden are coming out of the woodwork talking about what this team achieved uh, in Foxborough tonight. You've got the men in blazers, you know, lightheartedly tweeting about Pittsburgh and giving the Riverhounds shout outs. You've got CBS Golasso talking about the Riverhounds. You've got people are talking <laughs> as the kids say is my big takeaway from this. Uh, it's uh, something, it's a watershed moment, certainly for the franchise. It uh, helps legitimize them, put them, even more on the map than they already were, obviously. And you sort of uh, led me into the, the the thing that is my biggest takeaway from this, John. I think this is as good a time as we will ever have to just stop for a second, just hit the brakes and appreciate how lucky Pittsburgh has been to have Bob Lilly. And you talked about it in your uh, retrospective, your story that you did uh, right before the pandemic about, you know, uh, to, to use the Jerry Seinfeld line, sometimes the road less traveled is less traveled for a reason. <laughs> Bob Lilly could have been part of the team that the Riverhounds upset tonight. He could have had a nice long coaching career with a winning first division organization. He did not, but he, pr he has proven himself again and again and again, and even more so tonight by knocking off one of the top teams in the first division. Not only that, but going into their backyard and doing it his way, doing it with a very tactical textbook performance that really shows the world who this team's coach is. And I, I, I knew when uh, uh, just, you know, taking stock of the tough luck this team ha has had in some of the Open Cup games, including last year, taking Cincinnati to extra time and the questionable penalty call and everything, you felt like it was just a matter of time. You felt like it was just when. When are they stop going to stop having such crap luck in these Open Cup games? When are when are things finally going to come together? It's going to happen. It, it's just, it, it's that waiting. It's the hardest part. It's just a matter of when. And it happened tonight, and it's great for the franchise. Uh, I, I think it, it does take, sometimes it takes all the, the right things to line up. And honestly, I think that for as good as the revolution have been this year in, in Major League Soccer, and I think they're outstanding. I think they're going to be great this rest of the season. But I do think that, you know, coaches make decisions going into these games. And I and if you look at 
the revolution Twitter, and I don't want to spend much time on that, but the fan reaction is pretty, pretty clear that, you know, arena, he waited pretty late to bring in his, his, his wave of top flight subs, you know, some of the top guys uh, to come on and, and put the pressure on the hounds, but you've got to give credit to Bob Lilly and the river hounds because, you know, they, they knew this, they, 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 it was the same exact scenario last year against Cincinnati. They they were on the front foot in that first half in Cincinnati. They couldn't get the goal. The difference this year were two things. One, they got the goal. <laughs> you know, Danny Griffin uh, just playing higher up in that midfield line, and we saw that on Friday night uh, in his first match back, and and again tonight. You know, he's he's it's a little bit of a different role. It's a role he really relishes. Danny Griffin has talked about this. He knew that he had to be in that holding midfield role his last previous two or three years in Pittsburgh, but he, he kind of wanted relish maybe getting a little higher up the pitch and being involved, being a little bit more of a playmaker. And even before he scored that goal, there were two or three plays where he was creating things um, and, and almost, you know, had an assist or two uh, in, in the early moments, uh, maybe the first 30, 40, 35 minutes of the match, but no, it worked in their favor that way. And then the other piece of it was, Again, that midfield that Mertz and Mark Ybarra, I mean, I again, Devin Kerr from USL Championships, lead analyst, he said this going into the season, Mark Ybarra in the, in the college game had never seen a player who, you know, he was one of the most impressive players he saw at the college level. And he said, would that ever translate? It didn't, he didn't get enough playing time last year, but you could see that development really paying off the last maybe two, three, or four games. And tonight, I thought, <clears throat> absolute masterclass in terms of playing that, that that holding midfield role, snuffing everything out, winning balls back, and just his accurate passing. We don't have the USL stats tonight, so I'm curious to see what his, his passing accuracy was. The Hounds did not win the possession battle. They didn't expect to win the possession battle, and that's fine. And and they did every they it was what they've been doing on the road most of the season anyway. But they cleaned things up when they got forward. They were a little bit more dangerous. They they ended up having ten shots on, ten shots three on target, but they were dangerous in enough times tonight that New England had to respect that. And I think that was a huge factor. And and it kept the match. It kept you know it's one of those things where in a, against a, an MLS opponent you think that the, the lower division team is going to be bunkering in and they're just going to sit back but that's not what the hounds did they they looked to counter every opportunity they got tonight Matt they did and uh, by the way how about that through ball from Ibarra for Griffin i mean that was just a brilliant just absolutely uh, passing the passing a camel through the eye of a needle for heaven's sake with that pass that was a perfect pass right on his toe and griffin obviously made it count and how fitting is it that the new england guy uh just a couple days removed from coming back into the organization um you know I, and this is something that i've said before uh on a couple different platforms john if there is a player in recent riverhounds history up to and including the current team who probably in total fairness for lack of a better word, outgrew the River Hounds and deserved a look at the top flight, uh, deserved a shot at the next level. Danny Griffin was probably that guy. So 
it, it was a bummer to see him go, but I mean, you, you root for him. You, you, you can't not. And for him to come back into the fold and not only come back into the fold, but he, he's the kind of player that the casual fan probably isn't going to take a lot of notice of because he doesn't jump off the score sheet. You know, that's, that's not really his job per se. And lo and behold, his you know second game back with the club, he not only scores, he scores quite literally one of the most storied goals in the entire history of the franchise. And now he's, uh, he's set for life. Uh, 15 years from now, people are going to be talking about what Danny Griffin did in Foxborough on this particular Tuesday night. And to your larger point, um, well, to make a larger point, I also think it was important, John, for the Hounds to go out against any team for that matter, whether it's an Open Cup game or a USL championship match, um, you know, regardless of the competition, they need to go out and show that they don't need Dequa or Forbes or the other top guns, the big guns to hold their hand week in and week out. They needed to prove that they can win with some of those depth guys, some of those guys who can play, but maybe don't get the respect, like you said, is some of the some of the higher scoring or uh, more regular playing guys um, in that lineup. I think that speaks to their, their organizationally how 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 well structured they are in terms of Bob is Bob said this after the last open cup match. He's he made no bones about it. He said, We you're gonna see a mix. You're not don't expect me to roll out to all the starters in the next, even if we're playing in a major league soccer, you know, away or whatever against an MLS team. He made no bones about it. He he said that that these matches are so valuable for those players. And honestly, you know, DZ Harmon, uh, Tola, uh, Shoyumini, and um, I'm trying to think, uh, Mike DeShields. You know, these are guys that are not getting big minutes in the USL championship. So, you know, the MLS team's playing some of its guys down, of course, we know that. But the Hounds didn't exactly bring out, you know, their all their, all their top guns in this match. But... Bob, knowing the personnel that he had, I thought he effectively used those players. I mean, uh, Unmi at the top and Kiza, Edward Kiza, I mean, they ran their tails off for 70 minutes. That was their job. Get out there, press when you can. There were moments where they were making the the, the New England uh, back line very uneasy. And even their keeper, uh, Earl Edwards Jr., they were making them feel very uneasy. And it's enough, like just enough, just make them feel uneasy and then take advantage of those moments getting forward. But that's what the underneath guys, you know, Yavara, um, Griffin, Mertz, thought they did a really good job um, when they had their opportunities. But yeah, I think that those players, you know, they're going to push. Plus, I mean, you've got a couple of former New England products there. You've got Kiza, you know, I know he was going to, he was willing to really wanted to show that, hey, you guys, you guys didn't want to bring me back. Okay. Uh, you know, the shields is another one kind of in new England revolution two player, you know, for, for, for last year. I mean, these are guys that definitely wanted to show what they could do. And the other impressive thing is like defensively, again, what the hounds have been doing all year, limiting teams, just shots and shots on frame. Really. You got until almost the 80th minute until new England really started to, 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 to put more pressure and, and send some shots forward. I mean, I think the Hounds had them down to like five or six shots, six shots before they had a, a 
shot on frame, and that was like like seventy fifth minute. So again, defensively, the structure, the shape was solid with Ibarra at the top, and you know Arturo. We can't say enough about Arturo Adonis, Joey Farrell, um, you know those guys, and and really the Shields jumping in part of that group. I thought he he did an outstanding job as well tonight. Yeah, like you said, they didn't come out necessarily playing with a full deck, but again, the way Bob was able to coach these guys up and the way these guys were able to uh, take on the identity of their coach, um, they didn't have to. Um, and you got to give credit to the Riverhounds just as a whole for coming out and playing with that hair on fire urgency that frankly, is necessary to even have a shot at beating a team, uh, a top flight team of the Revs caliber. You know, the Riverhounds, you know, they played, um, like I said, they played with urgency for for that 90 minutes uh, end to end. The Revs, in contrast, just, you know, looking at the body language and looking at how Bruce Arena handled his lineup, looking at the microman the difference in micromanagement there, they took for granted that, you know, they had guys like Gil and, you know, a blessing and others, you know, they had, they could take for, they took for granted rather that, you know, we'll, we'll empty the tank, you know, we'll on mass put on all these subs, you know, with 20 minutes to go, we'll put all our eggs in one basket and they'll be able to just turn it on like a faucet. You know, the water's going to find its level in these last 20 minutes. Wrong, wrong. The river hounds, played like a team that took nothing for granted. And that is why we're talking about a so-called cup set right now, I believe. Right. Absolutely. And the thing is, is if you play well for 70 minutes and a team tries to turn it on late, I don't care what sport it is. We've seen this in the NCAA tournament so many times where, you know, if you're not shooting well, you're not in a rhythm, you're not moving the ball. This, the Riverhounds were, were, they had a specific game plan and they stuck with it. And they were doing their thing when New England's new subs came on. You know, the, the, the Hounds did not waver. They kind of stayed with their game plan. They continued to look for those counter chances. They didn't sit back in bunker. They didn't absorb, just sit and absorb pressure. Uh, they, they, they knew they were going to have those moments. And they've had some tough struggles this year with, you know, it, it, the last two road games, having leads and then, you know, giving something up late uh but you know this was different i thought this you know their will to get to the finish line was pretty impressive tonight if you looked at the last you know the stoppage time moments they were they were behind the ball but they were also coming out to challenge every time there was a 50 50 ball every time you know they kind of got it out of the box area dequa and forbes both excellent awareness to uh to draw the fouls again slows the clock gets gets you know slows things down takes time off the clock uh just they did professionally it was just well executed uh game plan i think bob Lilly deserves a lot of credit but i think the players as well and it's a, like i said it's a it is a testament to his system because any of the 20 plus players on the roster could step in at any time and execute what he wants them to do. Now, the question is, is can they carry this over into league play? Now they have played, they played seven of their first nine games away from home in league play. They're going to be home, home cooking for 
at least through the middle of June, I don't think they go anywhere but Loudoun. So whatever, whoever they see, um, either Mar uh, it'll be May 23rd or May 24th for the Open Cup uh, fifth round. So whoever they see, and I'm sure they're hoping, for, again, Tuffy Schallenberger, the fans, the city, people in Pittsburgh soccer community on May 23rd or 24th, you may want to um, not make any plans. Yeah. And try to, you know, pack, uh, I'm sure they will pack Highmark State. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But again, it's the luck of the draw. And it would be the Hounds, you know, luck. Well, we're not going to say anything there. But yeah. No. <laughs> they have to hope. A man can dream, John. <laughs> well, it, it, it keeps going. And I think we said that after they didn't get there. Get, we're going to try to get, they really were pushing, hoping that this match would be played at home. But right. It's May 23rd or 24th, most likely that Tuesday. The Hounds have been taking that Tuesday slot in most of their games uh, in the Open Cup. Uh, that will be a Highmark Stadium special if they could get that crowd and they could get that that MLS opponent. It could Maybe it's not even an MLS opponent. Um, but actually, the MLS opponent would be better. Because it, just, it would. Be because... Yeah, and the last time you and I talked uh, on this podcast, John, um, we had talked a little bit about that last Open Cup game that was played in Pittsburgh against an MLS side. And I remember being in the stands for that one. And, you know, just, you know, to touch on it briefly, you know, we saw on that summer night eight years ago, even though they didn't win the match, we saw just from the atmosphere and the ambiance and how much the crowd, not just the Steel Army was into it, just what even a whiff of that kind of success can do for the franchise. So I will be crossing every extremity I have <laughs> that they do get uh, a Highmark Stadium Open Cup match uh, again, and that it is against another top flight side. Uh, you know, come you know what or high water. I hope that I'm going to be uh, sitting there in the stands again, rooting them on against an MLS side uh, at the end of May. Yeah, and the, you know this. This the thing is, it's the round of sixteen. Anything can happen. Round of sixteen. They win that. They're in the round of eight. They win that. They're in the the, the the semifinals. I mean, now it's they're starting to get into this. You know, you start to get into that territory where, you know, Sacramento went last year, where Cincinnati went before they went to MLS. This is something, and and just by seeing how it was executed tonight by the Riverhounds, it's possible. They they get a, maybe they get a couple home games now as part of this Open Cup run. We just haven't been here since 2020, 2001, 2001, since the Colorado Rapids upset, which I mentioned at the outset. Then they played mm -hmm. the a fire at home as well, and that place was rocking. They came up short, but that match went to, to, to extra time. So, you know, they're going to be home. They're going to be home against Birmingham. They're going to be home against Las Vegas. And then they're going to have this open cup match. So I, and they, I feel like they have the depth. Junior uh, Etau was back in the lineup tonight. So we, he's, his arm is fully healed. Danny Rivera is the only player that's injured that we know of. Maybe Nate DeSantos, who went out with a knock at the end of the, the Monterey game. But, but this is a, a team, a franchise now. They're going to be home for a long stretch. Potentially have this MLS Cup game uh, open. Well, they have an open cup game now. It's all set there for them to 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 do some big things. Um, you know, in the next month or so. It is, and the the wild thing about watching the events unfold uh, of tonight was, you know, as that second half wound down, you know, I found myself wondering, 
wow, the question might not be, will the Riverhounds hang on and win this thing? The question might actually be, by how much will the Riverhounds win this thing? I mean, that's, you know, you talk about playing on the front foot and and counterattacking and execution. Uh, That's just how well they were able to close this thing down. And uh, looking at, you know, I, I hate to make apples you know I, I hate to try to make apples to apples comparisons between competitions but I, I think from a league perspective and looking at you know the usl schedule coming up um you know i i think uh i think obviously it's huge for the club that they showed as i said earlier they can get productivity from the supporting cast in a big spot when they absolutely have to it doesn't need to all fall on the same one or two guys um, you know, they showed that they can put teams away, which is something they hadn't been doing, and it cost them potentially valuable points into very, in my mind, very winnable road matches uh, against Indy and Monterey Bay each of the last two weeks. Um, and, you know, they just, you know, they showed that, you know, they can they can execute, they can work their system, they can work their plan and not be uh, allergic to their own prosperity. As the saying goes, they can stay within themselves, um, you know, against uh, a team that obviously is going to be the biggest challenge USL or otherwise on paper anyway, uh, that they face all season. Now, by that same token, I also think that, you know, adversity creates opportunity. Opportunity can also create a little bit of adversity. I I think that the potential exists. And if you're Bob Lilly, you're going to be very careful in training, I think, this week, not to let this team start believing its own clippings, uh, as it were. Do people still clip stuff out of newspapers? I don't know. Um, But no, the the point, obviously. Social media. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Um, No point point taken, though, I'm sure. Um, But yeah, um, you know, uh, knowing Bob, as we do, I'm sure he's going to do his darndest to uh, keep this team humble uh, throughout the week because there is business to be done in league play um, and they have to be able to handle that business. Absolutely. And I want to mention that real quick before we wrap up. The the Hounds will play at home a very big league match. They will play Birmingham. Uh, In fact, Birmingham now has the Hounds will have an extra day's rest. Birmingham has to play tomorrow uh, against Memphis. Um, I'm trying to figure out if that's a way or not, but um, it is a a round of 32 match as well in the Open Cup. uh, And they um, they have to play, uh, I believe, at Memphis. So. That, hey, I mean, and it's an interesting USL, USL. I think it's the only one um, left in the field of 32 where it's USL versus USL. So, but it's interesting to see how Birmingham approaches that match tomorrow night. Uh, but do we know that's a, when the Hounds play Birmingham, it's going to be a war. It always is. It's always a really toughly, tightly contested match and that's a team the hounds are really shooting to knock off the block because right now birmingham's a little ahead of them in the, in the standing so um absolutely i think bob you're right on i think tonight they, they enjoy the moment tomorrow they probably get the day off they normally off on wednesday anyway they go back to training on thursday uh and friday a little late training and then they're ready to go saturday so um it's it's business it's business as usual and you know with a coach that pulls off an upset like he did tonight um I think he's been around a long time and I think he knows he'll have, it's all business. It's, this is a team that 
lot of young players and Bob counted on those young players. He, 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 I think he made a specific intention this year, roster build up wise to go younger. And I think some of these guys are starting to, you know, pay dividends. They know their roles. They're doing their roles really well. And they did it tonight. And I thought that was a, a real good sign. And all these second year players, I mean, just think about this, Jamali Waite, Mark Kabar, Arturo Odonez. I mean, these are second year guys that are starting to really show. And I, I think it's going to be a, a good sign for the, for this, you know, into this season and, and beyond. But like you said, they they really got to focus and, and and get down to business Saturday because that's that's a really big match and really if they can get three points, uh, that will help them in terms of climbing back up the table. It, it's cliche to say that it's good to be home again, but I think in particular in the Riverhounds case, it really is good to be home again. Um, all these miles logged, uh, all the travel. I I don't know. Um, maybe Matt Grubba knows what the record for most miles logged in a particular span of time is, but, um, yeah, the, the road schedule, very top heavy, uh, this year. And, you know, you wonder if that had an impact, uh, even just indirectly on the last couple results. So, uh, but uh, one of those things, you know, it's, it's an issue now, but one of those things that's always going to even out over the course of a long season. So like you said, John, the time is now to breathe sleep and then get up and embrace the fruits of being at home this weekend and finally being back in front of your fans and i'll tell you when this team takes the pitch on saturday night uh uh they're gonna get uh, a conquering hero's welcome from the steel army to say nothing of the rest of the denizens at highmark stadium i'm sure sure and, and a boost for a home crowd maybe uh to be really well really good on saturday but as well but one point I want to leave you with, and that is Robbie Mertz, too, saying about the whole all the road. He said it, it just it just felt like the norm. They won't really feel it till they get home. And I do think maybe, yeah, the last two league matches, it hurt them. They were definitely in a wear and tear. But tonight, I think they were ultimately prepared. They have been playing on the road all season. They were not intimidated. Uh, and, of course, it did help. I do think that one of the advantages playing in Gillette Stadium against New England Revolution in an early round open cup matches, you're just, you're, there's no atmosphere. I mean, I'm, you know, it's just, it's one of those MLS facility and it, you know, they've been trying to get this kind of get their own facility. Now, I think that's been a, a whole, a whole topic for another day, but, but the, the hounds did take advantage. I will say that take advantage of fortunate that they didn't have to play maybe in a place where the atmosphere would have been, but most MLS home matches in these early rounds in the open cup are kind of kind of down kind of quiet so so i think that is something that some way bob lily and the hounds today i think they use that to their advantage it's an interesting point um you know i'm uh uh, I'm not here to to crap on upper division soccer. I'm not going to sink to their level, uh, rim shot. <laughs> um, but uh, no, the bottom line is, uh, you know, you're um, I'm uh, again. I'm just kind of looking forward to the atmosphere on Saturday. I, 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 you know, this team inevitably is going to attract attention uh, with what it did tonight. It is going to bring some closet fans maybe out of the closet, which is only a good thing 
in the short haul and the long haul. And hopefully starting this Saturday, it can take some steps on the field and, you know, off the field, ideally to uh, retain some of those closet fans and uh, kind of build uh, a pretty good thing that they've had going here in the last five years uh, under Bob and company. Absolutely. That's a great way to wrap up uh, this uh, post game segment here, uh, Pittsburgh soccer. Now, uh, Matt Popchock, thanks for joining me. It's John Krasinski. Once again, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds pull off a one nothing upset of the New England Revolution. Saturday night, they play Birmingham, back to league action. And then a week from next Tuesday, or actually two weeks from tonight, or maybe two weeks from tomorrow night, they will probably face another MLS opponent. And the fifth round of the Open Cup, the round of 16. So exciting stuff. Great time to be a soccer fan in Pittsburgh. Uh, and uh, sky's the limit for this club, uh, but we'll see where it goes from here. All right, Matt, thank you again for joining me, and uh, we will talk soon. Thank you, John. Always a pleasure. All right, good night.